Welcome to the Proletarian Contrarian, the leftist podcast dedicated to the reevaluation of all your favorite crappy films. I'm Nick. And I'm Lewis. And before we get started today, um, I'm not going to spoil it because we, we definitely want this to just come out w- with a bang when it happens, but oh, for sure. We are in touch with, no exaggeration, the biggest get uh, for the show. Um, <laughs> yes. They're, they're a very cool person. That's all I'll say. Uh, we've alluded to them in the past. So yeah, I'll just say those two things. Yeah, that's. I think we have to leave it at that for now. Yeah. But uh, yeah. it's very exciting. Uh, it happened very organically. Yes. And uh, yes, I, I just, uh, yeah, 2020 um, ascendant, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, 2020, 2020 is redeemed for this guest alone on our show. <laughs> <laughs> nothing else counts, nothing else counts. Um, but yeah, so we, we do have a very cool film this week. Um, I, I, I went into it with zero expectations and I, I, same. I ended up really liking it actually. Same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, it's, al- uh, it's almost like our, our opinions mirror each other. Oh, as if we are twins or clones perhaps. Mm, uh, mm. if we were to, uh, dabble into the, um, bullshit pseudoscience uh sorry june and anyone else who's listening that's a form of astrology uh you might say our astrological sign is gemini <laughs> and we're both men so <laughs> yes it's it's gemini men folks yeah. the... uh, fyi it's gemini men uh, <laughs> in case you can figure it out yeah um so this is uh ang lee's film from last year 2019 mm-hmm. um it is based on a story by the writer of Shrek Forever After and Shazam, uh, mm-hmm. Darren Lemke, uh, for all the way back in 1997, actually. Which, <laughs> which is wild because like this case of development hell mirrors the Will Smith characters in the movie. Like it was it, like the original. It, it was originally conceived by like years ago and then the contemporary version only just came out now okay yes yes i yeah. was like wait i'm not following you but i got you now yes <laughs> it's, a, yes. it's a little bit of a stretch but i, I think i, I think like it it. no that's that's yes. accurate um okay. yeah so i don't know how ang lee got involved in this uh but yeah it, wild it's wild <laughs> folks wild. um it was originally supposed to be tony scott i think um curtis hansen at one point mm-hmm. Um, the actors, I mean, everybody from like Kurt Russell to Sylvester Stallone, um, all, right. you know, but this is, I think this all works. I think these all, like the pieces all fell into place mm-hmm. pretty well. Yeah. Um, Will Smith, like, like his role and I, I, I get, well, I was, I was going to say like his role in the public consciousness, like he's been around forever and he, he's kind of aged into more serious fare as as he's as he's aged too um but i guess you could say that of any like action star who who can act at all like you, you could say that of Stallone. i think you could say that of like oh yeah mm-hmm. of i don't know arnold or something like anyone that would have been appropriate back in 97 yeah no definitely um but will smith i mean he's just had a really interesting career recently because oh yeah he hasn't done well i guess that's not true i was gonna say he hasn't done a lot of like really serious movies but he did that movie about like concussions that was probably his last serious movie and that was only like three four years ago where he played the okay. doctor who figured out like uh, what cte is oh for like like the football for football professional yeah. football yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so that was his last like really serious role 
Um, but then it's been like, you know, Suicide Squad and then the new Bad Boys movie. Well, excuse excuse you. Su- Suicide Squad's a very serious movie. <laughs> um, I was going to do that same joke. I was going to say like, oh, he did Bright in 2015 or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. He did Bright. Orc, Orc Cop, the movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think this kind of uh, stage of any actor's career is probably the most fun for them, right? So, like, you can't blame yeah. someone like Will Smith for doing these uh, kind of films. Yeah, definitely not. He can he can pick and choose at his leisure. He's one of the most famous actors in the world. Like, he right. can do whatever the hell he wants to yeah. at this point. It's similar to, like, Tom Cruise. I mean, Tom Cruise really hasn't done a serious movie. I mean, quote-unquote, right? Like, what is serious, right? We can interrogate that even. But, like, they did. They like to do action movies now, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, because, like on the one hand for tom cruise example you have like the the mummy bullshit the dark, oh yeah the, the, the genesis of the dark universe, <laughs> the dark universe. <laughs> and then um you have things like mission impossible where what he's pushing 55 and he's like hanging on the outside of an airplane as it takes off like he's, right. he's doing that insane yeah shit. he's like jumping across rooftops and like breaking ribs when he falls and yeah, crazy shit yeah <laughs> and i mean like he he's a psycho he's a scientologist so enough and we, we've already actually discussed our feelings on him when we did um battlefield earth yes yeah, yeah we probably, no mm, not battlefield earth um well we probably did because it's scientology yeah okay that was yeah that was travolta and that's that's the scientology tie-in but like he tom cruise is nothing of that professional i guess I'll, I'll leave it at that oh for sure yeah yeah um but yeah so this film was eventually picked up by like a thousand different producers yeah. um skyscape media i think is the one that picked it up first and then actually i, I it was funny i didn't know this but uh alibaba pictures picked it up as well uh, yeah. which is jack ma's company uh you know at the alibaba group sure. uh, <laughs> has a, a, a film studio and it's pretty prolific they have a decent amount of movies at this point um i thought that was kind of funny it's just it's 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 insane. The beginning of this film really starts with like 20 different production company logos. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> oh my God. I'm just thinking of that, that family guy bit when Peter goes into watch a movie, he's like, Oh, like, here's a car. I wonder what they're up to. And then it's just like the production studio. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like, Oh, here's, here's a golf course. Wonder if it's going to be a sports movie. Oh, it's another production. Studio. It's just like, it's like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like... No, it's true. Well, it's interesting when you see big name directors like Ang Lee or, you know, Brian De Palma or even Cronenberg, yep. like the, their films nowadays all start with a thousand different production companies yep. where they have to get shady money from like, you know, Eastern European, uh, like money launderers. Mm-hmm um at least in the case of brian de palma specifically with his film yeah. domino but um it's, it's just interesting to see what basically the early 2000s and late 90s to early 2000s did to certain directors where like they can't get you know quote-unquote mainstream funding anymore they have to go through these like insane channels now although i think with this film ang lee is more or less going through more mainstream channels at this point, like the Alibaba group, like I said, they make a ton of movies. Um, that influence of, of, of Chinese markets uh, makes sense. Do you think um, the development, like lingering in development hell for so long contributed to the troubled production of this movie? Well, not troubled production, but like the, I guess the piecemeal production of this movie in particular. Probably. 
um, especially with the script, right? So like, yeah, that, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, Darren Lemke has he does get a credit. I, I I can't remember if it's like a written by an actual screenwriting credit or just like a story credit at the beginning. Sure. But there's I think two other screenwriters on this thing, um, and that's screenwriters who actually get credit. You know, who knows how many other script doctors there are? So I think you know that probably had something to do with it on on a script level. You know, there's, like, references to, like, Facebook and this and, like, Skype, I think, and just, you know, the update of all the technology and all that stuff. Benedict Wong says BFFs at one point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's good shit. Um, speaking of Benedict Wong, um, the other cast members rounding out this movie are uh, Will Smith, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Clive Owen, uh, Benedict Wong, uh, Ralph Brown, Linda Linda Emond, Douglas Hodge, Ilya Volok, and EJ Benilla. Um, yeah, I mean that's kind of, that's kind of like it. Besides, yeah, I guess, that's really e- extras like the the masked operators and stuff and, and random civilians. Right, exactly. You know, it's it's a tight cast, mm-hmm. um, mostly filled with like C list actors. You know, we have four big names. Mm-hmm. That's kind of it. Um, I appreciate it. I don't know. I kind of like that. Yeah, like just just like this really tight and focused like these characters ping off each other and even even the Russian gangster guy the the Ilya Volok I'm I'm guessing cuz that's like he, he Yeah, yeah, the, Yuri. The, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he could have been cut out of this movie. Easily. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and, but yeah, and no, Linda I've, Emmons character Janet Lannister like Lassiter like what? Uh, could have yeah, cut that character she, out entirely. She has more to do than the Russian guy but like her her role could have been written up a little more or yeah like you said easily cut out yeah i, I could see them going either way it could have been absorbed into clive owen's character um i get it like it, you know her character is um yeah. well we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit here um yeah. <laughs> so uh the film was made for 138 million dollars the <laughs> the box office is 173.5 million uh so it only grossed 48.5 million in the u.s and canada uh the rest of that 124.6 million is uh worldwide gross uh, international gross um it was estimated that it would have it should have made 275 million if it wanted to break even uh but it did not so they were 100 million short yeah (laughs) yes uh, yep, one hundred and eleven point one million is what Deadline Hollywood calculated. Movies, uh, yeah. <laughs> the 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 movie industry is, it's it's mind boggling to think about sometimes. Just like, sometimes we just read these numbers and it's just like, yeah, they were a hundred million short of what they needed to to just break even, much less like make a profit. <laughs> and like, like who is keeping this together? Like who is keeping this leaking ship together? It, it just blows my mind. No, it, it it's really mind boggling how this kind of money just floats around for something that is, uh, you know, pretty worthless in the long run. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, the tomato, the tomato meter score is um, the critics gave it a 26% audience. Um, 83%. Hell yes. Uh, we are with the Vox Populi here. Um, <laughs> that is correct. It really that, is. That, that's, all, that's all there is to say about it. That's, that's, that's really it. We actually didn't even include a review because uh, fuck it. They're all wrong. I mean, they're just all fucking stupid. 
Yeah, and like as you said, we we were, we were discussing this before the episode. Like, there's really no point because we usually just shit on the review. <laughs> the reviewer. Because <laughs> they mostly they're they're wrong. They suck. They're dumb. They're wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah, and if they're not dumb and wrong, they're Jonathan Rosenbaum and they're right. So <laughs> that's exactly how it breaks down. That's that's what always happens. Um, I mean, yeah, fuck it. Like we're we're, we're trading wheels are off, boys and girls. We're 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 riding we're flying solo here or actually we're <laughs> flying um twin twinsies yes uh, like thematic for the episode and also like the twin pod cloud car in the skies of uh bestman or in cloud city hmm. i was wondering if i would go to star wars and it did <laughs> um so i'm glad i could do that another reason that this film uh did not do well or perhaps i don't know this is what i one can assume is the technology involved in making this film uh specifically the frame rate so this film was shot um extra high frame rate 120 frames per second uh now we had seen 60 frames per second with the hobbit movies Yep. Um, now, of course, not everybody who saw one of the Hobbit movies in theaters actually saw a 60 frames per second version. Most people actually saw a 24 frames per second version, unless you saw like IMAX or, th- or 3D or something like that. Um, the first Hobbit movie, the first time I saw it, I saw it at 24 frames per FPS. But um, when I saw it with uh, one of the people we went to school with, one of our friends from um, college, um, because he hadn't seen it i saw it in 60 fps and it was like it was night and day it was it was very very noticeable yeah so uh, 120 frames per second is pretty crazy um yeah i could only find a few like sample shots and sample scenes online of 120 frames per second of this film gemini man um it's interesting i'll, I'll to say the least <laughs> is is that what they call 4k no, no, 4K is not. So that's um, okay. digital 4K is uh, just another type of HD, basically. Uh, okay. Frame rate can be 24 frames per second for that as well. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, 120 frames per second. I mean, really, no one does it because no one can exhibit it in 120 frames per second. Gotcha. Uh, only 14 theaters in the United States were able to actually exhibit this film in 120. Uh, and actually, I don't even think they were ex- able to exhibit it in 120 frames per second, 4K, 3D, which is like was supposed oh to be the god. Op- like, <laughs> right? Oh my god! That's, that's like, like the like... optimal way, apparently. But no, no theater was able to do that. <laughs> that just like trying to imagine <laughs> those that those those three different aspects like clashing in in working. It's it's like. That's like Galaxy Brain. Yeah. That's like yeah, that is Galaxy Brain. You've achieved Nirvana. Like you don't have to watch another movie ever again. That's it. Uh, it's like staring into Cthulhu's asshole. It's like <laughs> And probably Ang Lee and like three other people are the only people who have actually seen this movie in all those versions. Like Right. Well Ang, Ang Lee I could believe could handle it. He can that, that's oh, yeah. how he thinks. He mm. thinks in 120 frames per second. Four <laughs> K three D. Yes. Uh, yeah, his film, um, Billy Lynn's Halftime Walk, which is the film he did before this one, was just, that was just 60 frames per second. Um, so he 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 okay. did a, he leveled up for this one. And we were thinking about doing that one too, just because yeah. like the, the nationalist themes, the propaganda themes and all that would, that's kind of what the show's halfway about anyway. 
Yeah, no, exactly. Um, it, by all accounts, I, I've heard it's actually pretty interesting. Again, yeah. it was, you know, um, it was panned. Uh, <laughs> I mean, probably for a- the Ang technology Lee, bullshit, though, just like this a one. Ang Lee seems to be entering that phase of his career because, like, he, he was like a critical darling um, earlier with things like Crouching Tiger, uh, Brokeback, Brokeback Mountain was the other yeah. one. Yeah. Well, even his earlier films, like Sense and Sensibility, his first American film, and then, you know, his 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 uh, his films he did in, in Hong Kong as well. Yeah. Um, I think, like, right around with the Hulk it was kind of when he started to catch flack because nerds are the worst people alive um <laughs> and they don't they don't appreciate a good superhero movie when it when it's punches them in the face with its green sized fist um but i'm thinking of that i'm thinking of uh the halftime walk thing and then this um oh and sorry i'm wrong he actually i always forget and he he uh is from taiwan sorry gotcha uh, the the other piece of technology that I would say is still being worked out currently um, that was present in the movie was the de-aging process for, for Will Smith. Yes. Yeah, no, that's got to be the, the um, probably the primary detractor for critics, honestly, um, because no matter what version of this film you saw, be it 24 frames per second, 60 or 120 exhibition, um, you obviously saw the de-aging, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I really, I don't think it's as bad as most people said. It is completely fine in every scene except for the last scene. Yep. Oh, yeah. Completely fine. I'm, like, Granted, I, I watched it on a pretty small screen here. Um, but I, it, I mean, I, I, I would have preferred they found another actor, but that's not for like lack of fidelity to what I saw on screen. It, it was fine. No, I think it was fine, and I don't know, like, for a sci-fi movie, it's just, uh, I, I'm okay with it, honestly. Um, I was okay with it for The Irishman as well. Um, yeah, like, the first scene in The Irishman when they do the de-aging, does Joe Pesci look like a little goblin? Yeah, but, like, doesn't he always? So, I don't know. <laughs> of course, he, he he would be a little goblin <laughs> when he was younger. He was. <laughs> he was. Um, so, I, I don't know. I'm not really bothered by it. I know there's a lot of discourse right now because um, Spike Lee did not use de-aging for The Five Bloods. Mm. Um, but okay. uh, I haven't watched that one yet soon. Uh, but uh, by the time this uh, episode airs, I probably have watched it, and I probably enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking, like, it would have been an interesting to get another, like, an up-and-coming actor to play, essentially, young Will Smith. Yeah, for sure. I, I you know, I don't see why not. I'm like not his, against it. Jaden is clearly uninterested in acting at this point um, <laughs> after, the, after the, the noble failure that was... Um, that Shyamalan joint, what was it? The oh, yep, yep, yep. Earth after Earth after Earth, yeah. With they yeah. right, with they both they were both in that film together. When you when you first mentioned this movie, I had like a vague memory of like, oh yeah, it's Will Smith. He's fighting himself. I'm like, is it after Earth? <laughs> <laughs> For half a second, I thought that, but um, there's a parallel universe where instead of using the de aging, they just had you know Jaden Smith. But that in that parallel universe, After Earth also did Gangbusters at the box office. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like some some young up and coming young actor, just like um, I haven't seen it, but I know in, in Looper they did. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt is is just young 
Bruce Willis. Right. And yeah. I, like they just play. They just do that. Yeah. They use prosthesis. Uh, I saw it. Uh, you know, he looks fine uh, with the prosthesis and, and just other makeup. Um, it wasn't distracting. It's also not a good movie, but uh, it's is it's that, um, not because of the Ryan, prosthesis, just because it's Ryan Ryan Johnson. Yeah, it's Ryan Johnson because he sucks. Because he sucks <laughs> for the most part. He only made one good movie. It's a Star Wars movie. He only made one good movie despite himself. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, just, despite all odds, despite uh, it, it was a million to one shot um, running down the trench. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Gemini Man. Um, yeah, honestly, like besides besides the de aging in the last scene, and besides some like I don't know, some some dialogues kind of clunky, and the movie could have definitely had a good like twenty minutes chopped off. Right, of it. this movie's great. No, it's great. Um, I'm glad they waited until 2019 to make it, honestly. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. They definitely needed some of, you know, our modern CGI technology. And that's obviously something that, you know, you and I don't say often that uh, that uh, CGI technology is necessary for a film. But Oh, God. I, I guess this is a hidden Star Wars episode because I'm going to quote George Lucas here. He said, um, C- uh, computer, computer graphics are a tool. Like, it's not... A computer gra- like computer generated image without a story behind it is a pretty boring thing. Yeah, he said that. Like, yeah, I think that's like accurate. Eighties or something. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I think the CGI is is fine for the most part in this film. Its use sometimes it does um, something that I think we've talked about before, where it's just like you know a full body CGI person kind of jumping around, and that's where it gets hokey. Um, but it, it's few and far between in the movie. It's not you know, it's not too distracting. So honestly, like. There was only really one scene in the the motorcycle chase scene um, where it really bothered me, and besides that, like they they use it to pretty good effect. Like they, um, it just like enhances existing people. It it enhances like actual stunts. Right. Exactly. So it's uh, yeah. Overall, I'm not I'm not against the the use of CGI in this film. But uh, yeah, so the story, um, Will Smith plays a character called Henry Brogan, which I think is the most hilarious fucking name in the world. Very un-Will Smith name. Yes. Oh my God. They obviously had like a white person in mind when they made this movie. Yeah, Jesus. Henry (laughs) Brogan. That that feels like Bruce Willis could be yes. Henry Brogan. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. um, or Stallone. Like this is a, that's a very Stallone name. Yeah, Henry Brogan. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, it's Henry Brogan. I'm gonna my clone. His nose isn't broken. <laughs> oh man, the the Henry Brogan experience. That might be the episode <laughs> the title. <laughs> well, we'll workshop it. We, the t- the titles sometimes come to us as late as five minutes before posting. oh yeah for sure um, <laughs> but henry brogan was a marine sniper who then became a dia agent folks do you remember mm. that agency that sounds fake but is actually real agency <laughs> i think when i develop a full-blown schizophrenic psychosis and my mind breaks down i'm gonna be convinced that the dia is after me because <laughs> this is the second time we've mentioned it in Hell addition yeah. to our uh, ballistics episode. Yep. Yep. So I think it's just kind of a go-to agency when you don't want to, you know, use one like the CIA or the FBI. It's too obvious. You want to use something that people, you know, have never really heard of, but uh, yeah. it has the ring of truth to it because, well, it is real. And I probably mentioned this in the ballistics episode, but like I remember as a kid, like 
we'd be playing on the playground, like shooting guns with our hands or whatever, or like like finger guns, and and kids would be like, oh, "I'm in the FBI," and I'd be like, "Well, I'm in the CIA," because like it sounded like <laughs> more secretive and like and, and like more it's like superior. So like the new version of that is well, I'm be, in the DIA because, like, <laughs> exactly because because coolness creep sets in. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he's like a legendary sniper. He can. He, I think he has like 76 kills. He, he, he basically works for clients now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's retired. Uh, he's a retired DIA and he, he's basically a, a hitman. Um, still using his DIA clients. Like he, he has a handler. Yeah. He has a handler. Um, he has a spotter, some young guy who like paints targets for him or whatever. Um, so I, I think he's basically a law-sanctioned hitman because yeah. he works exclusively for governmental agencies. Right, exactly. Yeah, but he, he's he's no longer a card-carrying DIA member. Uh. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean the the parallels are obvious here, but like I I I mean obvious if if your brain is broken by bad movies like mine is, but like <laughs> he's basically reprising um to some degree his Deadshot role. It's it's yeah. like a different. It, it's a very different role, but like perfect sniper who never misses. Like he's he's kind of more similar to the comics version of Dead of Deadshot. He's kind of like world weary and resigned to everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, no, I, I thought the same thing when I, I saw the opening scene. Um, so it, the opening scene, he is uh, yeah, he has to do a million to one uh, sniper shot. Uh, there is a a, a moving train a train going from like um, Belgium to France or something like that, somewhere in Europe. Um, I think it's Russia because the guy's returning to Russia. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, for asylum. So it's, it's, it's Belgium to Russia. It's like a bullet train or whatever. I don't know if Europe has bullet trains. They have better trains than we do and they're pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but he has to, he has to shoot this, this uh, Russian scientist who he is told is a bioterrorist. Yeah, he has to shoot him like right before they go into a tunnel. Yeah, it's like it's pretty cool, and, th- and this this scene really reminded me of, like De Palma. Um, like his handler, or it, not his handler, his uh, his spotter is on the train, and he's sitting in the same compartment as the target, um, and he's given he's given Will Smith intel as Will Smith sets up his gun and everything, um, and like they have it timed so the shot will hit the guy as soon as the train goes into a tunnel. Yeah. So like it it's hard to see, it's hard to tell who got shot and when and all that stuff and, and no one can trace it back to, to Brogan. Yeah, uh it's a pretty good scene. Um yeah. there's an interesting shot of the train. They yeah. use like a fisheye lens, it's kind of yeah. like an extreme wide angle shot. Um it's a different aspect ratio than the rest of the film too. Like yep. I wonder what that was like in theaters i wonder i it, it's really strange i don't know why they do this shot but i i really enjoy it um yeah you just see the tracks and you know they're they're um they're kind of bowed because of the the fish angle lens and then you just see the train whiz by real quick and it's i like, totally noted that too that was great it's like okay whatever uh <laughs> <laughs> angley thank you this is very okay i'm on board yeah um so yeah uh Brogan of course makes the shot. Um there's some there's a little bit of tension because he he uh a little girl of course 
steps in front of the target um and he has to hold off until the very last second um but he, he does make the shot um and i like that we don't see um the guy getting shot you're right it just cuts mm. to black because the train goes into the darkness of, of the tunnel and then we just cut to will smith and his his um his spotter just packing up Yep. Like after the job's done. Yeah, and then the the spotter's like, "Oh, you hit him," and Brogan's like, "Where?" Oh, you got him in the neck, and then he shows him like a, a phone video that he took. And the, the spotter guy's pretty young. Took, His name. He took a TikTok. Yeah, he took a TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> he's just showing. He's like, "Oh, I took this video. Isn't it funny?" He's like, "Man, delete that shit." Um, yeah. <laughs> and then they talk about money and stuff, and uh, Brogan just uh, goes uh, goes home to uh, Georgia to retire yeah yeah he goes to retire that was supposed to be his, his last hit mm-hmm. and now he just uh he works on his boat in uh georgia it had what it had a weird name what was the town it was like skim milk georgia no <laughs> skim milk. it was like butter it was like buttermilk georgia or something like that it, it, it's something it's it's like a super mario world yeah. it's something really weird it's like <laughs> it's like buttermilk bay or yeah something. i think that was it buttermilk bay <laughs> Or buttermilk marsh, I think it was something like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so he retires and he has like a nice little bungalow set up on the right on like the marsh, and he's hanging birdhouses. He's like, "Oh, it was my last job," and we know where this is going. Um, he has an app on his phone. Whenever somebody does a perimeter breach, he can tell. Oh yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of his agency buddies, uh, I forget this guy's. Uh, Dell. Um, it was his his handler. Uh, Dell. Yeah, this is the handler. Yeah, yeah. yeah the DIA. Um, he comes to visit him. He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna miss you, man. You're the, you're the best, the best of the best, and you were a great shot and everything." And they toast and they have a drink. Um, and then this is when Brogan goes to the dock, right? Yeah, he goes to the dock because um, he has a a, a boat. Um, a, you know, he just fishes. He's just one of those, uh, you know, midlife crisis uh, fishing dads. Uh, oh my god! Yeah. I, <laughs> the, what's funny is I, I watched this movie in two parts: half last night and half tonight. Again, Gemini Man, two parts <laughs> very fitting. Um, but like the first half of the movie, it's it has such like suburban boomer energy. Yes. Like oh, he yeah. he, go, he goes to the bar, he he goes to, he goes out in a boat, he he hangs up his birdhouse, he has a soda. <laughs> it it's just it's just like very and that ties into like the greater theme of the movie that we we can circle back to that. Um, no, it's interesting because the first 10 minutes of this movie, I mean, he just kills one guy, then he just has drinks with friends. Like that's it. Yes. <laughs> he 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 listens to some music on a patio outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> um but yeah, he go he goes to take his boat out. Yeah. Um, and he he buys I think like a fishing license or something from or he gets a key whatever something from um gas from for the, his boat I the don't new know. yeah the new worker who is Mary Elizabeth Winstead yeah uh um, she, her her character's name is Danny Z- Danny right. Zekar mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't <laughs> he kills a bee with his hat at one point, and like he's like wait. And he's like smacks the bee, <laughs> and and like that mannerism, it was such good. Like, 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 like I, I'm gonna overemphasize this word, and like I, generational like antagonism is bullshit. But like, it, it is such boomer energy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Just being like, hold on, and then like taking it very seriously, and 
wham, like killing a bee. Yeah. Like, like I, I've all my older male relatives have done that. Yeah, killing what? killing a bee with his old uh, Philadelphia Phillies hat. Uh, yes, he, yes. he's canonically from Philadelphia, uh, like the actual Will Smith is, mm-hmm. like the Fresh Prince himself. Yep. Um, but yeah, he he kind of flirts with Danny. Um, it's kind of like, hey, I'm just joking, and like we're both conscious of my age, but I'm just putting it out there, yeah. kind of like, yeah. Which again is like suburban boomer. No, like, exactly. Which yeah. is weird uh, throughout the rest of the film until the moment where he's like, I'm not into you. Uh, they they really play up that they might have a relationship. And even when he says, I'm not into you, it's like, I'm into you, but like I recognize that it's not going to happen. Right, exactly. I'm too old, but I, I would I would hit that if I was younger. I mean, he basically says that. Yeah, and, and like I can't help but think like, is that because it's a black guy and a white girl? Yeah, it's possible. It's possible like it, they it, wrote it that way. If this was Bruce Willis and I don't know, well, just anymore. you know, or it was Bruce Willis and Mary Elizabeth Winstead, you know, like well, yeah, anybody, but, uh, yeah, two yeah, white actors, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, just I, I can't help but think there would have at least been like a kiss, a kid, scene. yeah, it's it's possible, I I think so. Uh, I thought it was weird that like they they kept building it and building it and building it and then they have that one car scene where he's like no if I was younger. Uh so yeah. That movie Romeo Must Die is that Angley as well? Uh no. No, it's not Angley. Okay. No. Um because that's like th- I remember like on that god I don't even listen to it anymore but like that podcast Yo is this racist they mentioned that as like the ultimate example. Because um, it's Jet Li and some white actress, and they're about to kiss, but it fades to black, <laughs> so you don't. Jesus see Christ! Just, yeah, it's like, that's incredible. Yeah, just, yeah, just clear, clear panic at the idea of like yeah. interracial romance depicted on screen. Um, but yeah, so they they have that weird kind of not flirtatious scene, um, and really quick, the way that the framing was shot was really cool because um. Will Smith is standing outside this little shack and she's standing inside the boat shack and just like the door is angled yes. so you can see her still. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. good framing. Good, right. Know, like, hell yes. Angry. As opposed to just like seeing her through like, you know, the little like window, the actual like clerk window. Yeah, she's yeah. framed through the door. No, I like that a lot. Um, yeah, just like f- very simple, completely unnecessary, but it, it makes the scene so much more interesting to right. watch. Just film is a film is a moving fluid medium we don't need like and there's a few shots like that throughout this film um Mm -hmm. in in several scenes later on where people are framed um yeah in doorways and there's kind of um there's generally deep focus in this movie like this movie isn't a movie with a lot of like shallow focus generally everything you know is in focus the the foreground middle ground and background and that's probably also because the way it was filmed um, but I think it's just, I don't know, it just kind of works in this movie for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. Just, it does, it doesn't always go back to that crutch of like shot reverse shot. It just, even during the same conversation, there will be other things and it's not too crazy. It doesn't take you out of it, no. but it's more interesting to look at than over the shoulder, over the shoulder, right. over the shoulder kind of thing. Right. Um, uh, but then, and this is where he meets another friend and they have drinks. Uh, <laughs> this thing of like having buddies like agency buddies oh we know from way back yeah we've always been a bastard yeah well i don't drink too much haha that is such 
yes. like, boomer oh, yeah. mindset. Especially thing. this oh, one God. with this guy, Jack Willis, yes. his friend Jack Willis, yes. who's also in the DIA. Um, they are on a yacht. They're on his yacht, not a gigantic yacht, mm-hmm. not like, you know, Wolf of Wall Street yacht, but, you know, a, a good sized yacht. Um, yeah. And they're just having beers and they're talking about this, the, the hit on this uh, Russian uh, scientist. And, and this is when we learn that it was not a Russian bioterrorist, just a Russian scientist who mm-hmm. someone in the DIA wanted uh, whacked, basically, um, for reasons that we will learn later in the film. Um, and we, we see uh, Jack Willis says something like, oh, my wife's away. And then, you know, there's this woman in a bikini comes out who is much younger yep. than him and is definitely not his wife. Uh, so yep. big boomer energy there. Classic, classic, like, oh, well, she doesn't know, won't hurt her. Yeah. Oh, well, you've always been. Very, you've always very been like Tony Soprano, right? Like yes. uh, on, on the yes. Stugats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and as they're talking, um, there's a the the camera pans up to the sky and there's this glint yes. way up in the high high pale blue sky because of the satellite and then we cut to who's watching the satellite yes and that was such a that was such a good like Brian De Palma oh, um, yeah. Mission Impossible mm-hmm. thing it's like everyone's always watching you've always got to be paranoid we cut to Clive Owen uh, his character Clay Clay Varis and um Ilya Vala no uh, Janet Lasseter Ed- yeah. Linda Eamon does Janet Lasseter, their DIA bigwigs, um, and they're talking in his office. Um, Clay is chewing out Lasseter because he's like, oh, you, we have to like, it. did they say like they want to, they want to silence Brogan because of like everything he knows or? Yeah, because um, at this point, I think they were really surveilling Jack Willis at this point because they, because he, he knows more information about the hit than brogan right. did so right. um once they realized that he uh, talked with brogan uh, about the hit um they they knew that they had to basically whack everybody um right. because their their right. little scheme uh, you know is out in the open right and jack's the one that tipped off brogan about like the you it, it isn't what it seems right. basically is, is is the sense he gives uh, brogan um, we also learn, though, that Clay Varis is former DIA. Um, well, I'm not sure if we learned that in this scene, but Clay Varis is former DIA, now works with a paramilitary group called Gemini. So, right. hence the title of right. this movie. Yeah. Um, he also mentions that when they take out Jack and Brogan, they can make like a, like a Russian op. Right. Uh, so he's a confirmed um, resistance list. <laughs> for sure. Russia gate. Russia, Russia, yeah, Russia. Russia. Um, and then on the way back uh, to do- to tie his boat off at the dock, um, Brogan finds a tracking device um, in his boat. And so as soon as he gets, gets back to the dock, he just starts hardcore interrogating yes. Danny. <laughs> very like i'm not putting up with any bullshit like you're clearly a cop you're clearly on stakeout you're burned yeah um and she she denies it the whole time and then he asks her out on a not date which is i'm I'm gonna say it this entire fucking episode <laughs> intense boomer energy yeah. like let me take you out for a drink oh it's on a date we'll just we'll just meet yeah up he, we'll he basically asks question. her to go to like a like a jimmy buffett like restaurant I was just gonna say jimmy buffett <laughs> <laughs> it is they, they they go to they go to um 
a Margaritaville, yeah. essentially. They, they <laughs> essentially go to a Margaritaville. You know, a little live music, sit on the beach. You can you can see the seagulls flying yeah. around, but don't throw your French fries at the seagulls. <laughs> it's like, uh, so he he tucks his button-down shirt into his dark jeans. He uh, brings her flowers. Yes, um, which is like, I'm not gonna say the B word, <laughs> but <laughs> um, but essentially he calls her bluff um, because he again he has a contact. He has a guy was able to look up her information and yeah she is a cop yeah yeah he pulls her um, information she, she is di is she dia or i can't remember uh she's something, something. she I, I think she's a veteran who became an intelligence agent yeah yeah like she she was in the military right yeah she says uh that she was in bahrain yep mm-hmm. yep um and then she's like, oh, my cover's blown, whatever. So they, they bond a little bit, and then um, they go their separate ways. Um, that night on his little perimeter breach app, um, Brogan hears a perimeter breach, and he looks up, and he sees people like running onto his property. Um, so he has his bug out bag. He has his guns. He, he goes down to the, the crawl space of his house. Uh, he calls his spotter from the, the train assassination in the beginning to warn him, but he, the spotter's killed. Um, so he knows like, oh, this is shit's really happening. Um, and then we get a very understated, but I thought very effective um, shootout. Yeah, it's very subdued. Um, very. He just takes him out. He takes them all out from a distance for the most part. Besides, yeah. I guess the guy on the stairs, he's fairly close to him because he's under the stairs and he shoots him. But, um, you know, we just kind of hear the gun go off. The guy kind of drops um that's kind of how the whole scene goes really we really don't see you know will smith shoot his gun so much as like we just hear a gunshot and then a guy falls down um and it is uh it's obvious that you know he he was he he comes out of hiding like after each gunshot basically so you're like oh where where was he where did that gunshot come from oh he was under the Mm -hmm. stairs oh he was behind that tree um so yeah he's an expert marksman um, he, you know, he, he, he can, um, shoot from cover at all these crazy angles. It establishes, you know, just how good a marksman he is. And the, what the, what struck me about the scene in particular, like in, in the brief, literally 10 seconds that he takes to, to kill the six operators, like that, the, the brutally efficient and like very quick way that it was presented and done sold brogan more as a hitman who never misses more than anything in suicide squad did for <laughs> yeah it's true it's just like bang 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 bang, and then like six bodies fall and like that's it they don't build it up they don't like they don't give him like the oh he he's the man who never misses his name is dead <laughs> he's the most wanted man in the world it's just like nope he just does it like show don't tell as yeah. they say yeah i mean the only scene in 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 suicide squad where deadshot um you know is able to actually practice his his marksmanship is is that first scene mm. yep. where where you know where he's introduced other than that i mean it's just like it's a first person shooter for the rest of the, the movie you know it's just he's just yeah shooting mowing down like mobs of people that like no one would miss that if you had a fucking gigantic gun and everybody's crowded in front of you 
and I'm pretty sure he misses at least a couple bullets because he like he's just spraying right. bullets everywhere and they they can't all they hit. Can't all like, hit. Yeah, it's no that I mean it's bullshit in that movie, but here it it makes sense. Um, like you said, yeah. it's very tactical. Yeah. Um. And then he goes to to pick up Danny at her place because he assumes that she's going to be a target as well. Um. He's right. And they run to get his boat. Um. And then Danny gets a fight scene because she. One of the operators tries to... He gets a drop on her, and he has his gun to her um, to her back. But then she fights back, and she rips out his teeth to get information from him. Yeah. And she she gives the teeth to Will Smith. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, so basically, the majority of characters, even the main characters in this movie, are like war criminals. Uh. <laughs> yes, they are. They are... Th- this is firmly in like yeah all cops are bad all cops are bastards but like cop movies can be good because you just process it as like a as, as a parable as a metaphor as like a a story it's it's not like we don't actually root for for cops in real life and we don't actually root for uh black ops tactical uh war criminals in real life no either. no um but it's it, it is interesting when they go down like kind of uh their their rap sheets if you will like you know where where they have they've served uh you know she says bahrain and you can only imagine what she did in bahrain you know in, in during the 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 current war on terror uh due to her age i imagine that's where she served and when she served um and then you know brogan and then uh benedict Wan's character who we're going to meet shortly called baron um they say that they served together in panama so that's you know the 1986 oh yeah. invasion of panama by george hw uh, uh bush uh, shout out Shout out to another uh, former Procon guest, uh, Jose. Yes. Sorry, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, they served in Kuwait, so the Gulf War, uh, and then uh, Somalia. Uh, you know, they say specifically Mogadishu, so Battle of Mogadishu, you know, Black Hawk mm-hmm. Down during the Somalian Civil War. So, I mean, it's yep. it's it's pretty wild. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it's wild, and... And like I know, there's that podcast. I think um, Josh Olson runs it. It's like the good movies with crappy politics. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. or I, I think it's like a Chapo thing. It's like it, it, it it's some podcast, but it's like movies that have reactionary right wing nightmare politics, but are still good. They have like Death Wish. They talk about like Robocop. Oh, that was just one episode of the movies that made me. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, that was the episode that uh, Matt and um, and Will were on. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that it's it's a long and story tradition. Like, we we appreciated the uh, the Death Wish remake that we did. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, by Eli Roth, no less, who's a charming fellow. Well, um, and the interesting thing about these characters and their backgrounds, too, is that there's there's somewhat of a redemption arc as well. Yes. In this film. Um, so. Yeah, there is. And more, like, I, I understand that, like, especially for a political people who don't watch the news and get their sense of like geo geopolitics from movies, essentially like that reinforces the idea that, Oh, we just need the right people in charge of these systems. It's not the systems themselves that are corrupt or the systems themselves that perpetuate this violence. But, um, I mean, what, what can you do? You take what you can get. Yeah, so there's a hand-to-hand combat scene uh, with Mary Liz Winstead and, and this operator guy, and then they get on a boat, not um, 
not Will Smith's boat, just a random boat. Although, not all that random, because the boat is called the Hinkley. And I can only imagine that yes. is a reference to John Hinckley Jr. <laughs> yes. And who is John Hinckley Jr., Lewis? Uh, well, in a parallel world, he assassinated uh, Ronald Reagan. Uh, in ours, he just... In ours, he just wounded him, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess John Hinckley Jr. is the fail son of the <laughs> <laughs> No, we, we have a real fail son. He's coming out. You know, John Hinckley Jr. is um, out. Uh, he lives in Virginia. Really? And, uh, yeah, he's just like... Really? He just, like, he just lives in Virginia with his, like... In either a halfway house or with his mom or something. Like, I find it unreal that a... Would uh, a a failed presidential assassin would not be in jail for life without possibility? Yeah, of crazy. That that is unreal. Yeah, he's just out and about. I think he lives in uh, Williamsburg, Virginia, actually. So like, he can go to Colonial Williamsburg if he wants to. We should get him on the pod. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that'd that, be incredible. That is that is wild. Yeah, right. The the fact that he's alive and out of prison is more unbelievable than anything in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, true. Yeah, cloning, it's possible, folks. Yeah. This part uh, is sci- science fiction is that John Hinckley Jr. is alive. I mean, it is possible. I think it's South Korea that they they did clone a human embryo. and I mean, that they, they terminated it before, like, like after like 20 days or something or two weeks. But, like, it, it, is, it is possible to clone healthy human fetuses, like a, a healthy human person. Right. Right, yeah. Um, they mentioned Dolly the Sheep in this movie. Mm-hmm. Which seems like it was a dated reference in the yes. original script, but they they punched it up to be more like... Like, nobody remembers Dolly the Sheep, the sheep anymore. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they kill Jack. Jack is bumped off, um, and his, his mistress is too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another instance of the violence isn't shown on screen. We're just shown the aftermath of the violence. Right, yeah, yeah. We just we see, uh, you know, he's on the he's on his boat, and like he you know something's gone am- amiss. Like the he hears, you know, his his mistress like fall down after she's shot, and then he just looks on uh, the the deck of his boat, and there's like some gear, like some you know frogman gear. Uh, he turns around, there's a guy with a gun to his head, and then we cut to. Um, an underwater shot, a camera's underwater, and then both bodies are just being dumped, uh, you know, into the bay, and that's it. Uh, it's pretty, it's, there's some interesting, like, water imagery in this film, um, and just water symbolism in general, because Brogan actually can't swim, that's something he talks about. And uh, we see this weird little dream sequence uh, flashback oh where uh, his dad is, like, t- teaching him how to swim, but more or less, like, drowning him. <laughs> Th- this felt really – this felt like something from an earlier draft because, like, oh, this yeah. is the only – like, later on he mentions that his dad walked out on his mom when he, he was five. And, like, it, it just felt very disjointed, like, in light of that, that flashback. Right. Yeah. It's – I mean, yeah, the the later conversation he has with his his clone, it just I don't know, wasn't all that necessary. <laughs> no. Um also a real a spurious comic book cl- uh connection. Um the Marvel character Taskmaster. 
I was like, thinking of Taskmaster too. Yes, because he can because he can replicate anything he sees, and he's like the master assassin or whatever. But he he's uh, has a fear of drowning. Huh. Interesting. Um, because he he saw b- before he in, in the comics, um, his origin story before he learned to swim, he watched a uh, an Olympic diver dive into water, and so he was able to dive perfectly, but he couldn't swim and he almost drowned. Gotcha. Gotcha. He was like a kid or whatever. Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah, so um, water kind of symbolizes danger throughout this whole movie since, you know, Brogan mm-hmm. can't swim and all that. Um, and also it's reflective. They get mileage out of that. They do get a lot of mileage of the reflective yeah, um, water stuff. Um, so from here, uh, we meet the character of Baron, played by Baron Trump. Uh, no, played <laughs> by uh, Benedict Wong. Yes. Uh, he also is former DIA, and now he does uh, uh, single-engine plane tours in uh, Colombia, where he lives. Yeah, he does drinking rum in Colombia and, and wearing Hawaiian shirts and and flying around <laughs> with planes and shit. <laughs> like, man, it, it's it's that boomer energy. It's so. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah. His house is uh, great. So they go to his house. It's, it's a cool. He house. lives in this like little hacienda. And it's this very colorful, you know, these very, like, Caribbean colors, like, on every wall of his house. Yep. Um, he has a toucan. I love that. Just, like, yes. literally one shot. He's just, yep. like, smoking this gigantic cigar, watching football, soccer, as we call it here in America, folks. Uh, and there's <laughs> just a, a toucan just, like, eating a nut on the table yep. next it's to him. <laughs> it's so It's so good. And we also get more of that romance teasing. He's like, "Oh, do you do you two want to share a bedroom, or do you want separate bedrooms?" Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and Mary Elizabeth Winstead's like, "Separate, separate." Like, yeah. Um, like why why even have it in like if if you're gonna tease it, just have it just make, do make it. it explicit. Like, yeah, don't, just fucking don't. do it. Just like at least let him kiss or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So they sleep, and then Will Smith his he wakes up just in time to see um a figure running on the roof and um so he throws together a plan he 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 alerts um he alerts the others and he's like i'm gonna draw him off so he he leaves the house and he walks down the street um and he notices in the puddles on the ground right and the mirrors in the cars he passes so more mirror imagery um oh yeah and, and earlier he mentions that he finds himself avoiding looking in mirrors because he sees himself getting older um, oh yeah, mm. he, he sees this guy stalking him, and then they have a little shootout. Um, and it feels very kinetic and like very quick and and cool. And the action really ramps up in this part. Yeah, it um, does. It, it goes from just simply, um, you know, a shootout uh, with uh, the the gunman, the unnamed, uh, unseen gunman, uh, on the roof, and, and and Brogan is just in the streets. Um, they they uh, they do these cool shots with like. He has this very tactical-looking AR-15 type, you know, long gun, um, and he has like two different types of like scope on it. Yes. Uh, and yes. He, like he looks through one scope, and then the camera, you know, takes that perspective, and then he, you know, we go back to him, and he changes to this other scope, and the camera then has that perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was very interesting, and 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 uh, very. Just that's that's where like Ang Lee comes through with those those yes. with those flourishes. Um, and he notices that the 
the shooter looks just like him. So that's his first inkling, like, oh, shit, like, this is weird. Um, they have a shootout for a little bit, and uh, the assassin does some parkour to get to the ground, which is kind of cool. Um, Brogan grabs a motorcycle, and we get a really energetic and, like, just almost, like, violent, like, sequence where he, like, he speeds through, like, back alleys, and he takes several quick corners and stuff. Uh, he almost hits a car, but, like, he gets away. And then he thinks he's gotten away from the assassin, but then the assassin jumps out from over, like, a, a wall on another motorcycle. So so they commence this chase scene, and this chase scene is wild. Yeah. It feels really impactful and, and cool. Yeah. Like, it's it, it just good. It's just, it's just, like, one of the better chase scenes I've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the assassin is uh, on another motorcycle, like, literally on a retaining wall like he's on the top of yes. like a retaining wall <laughs> yep. following uh brogan who's yeah going through these very narrow winding streets and there's there's some long takes like i mean there's like a at least a minute long take of of, of will smith like on the bike you know where fo- the camera's following him and the the um, idea of um obviously the assassin is his younger clone um i thought that was good visual a visual metaphor like the younger more energetic clone up on doing this like crazy retaining wall driving and the older more experienced clone who doesn't have as much energy but like he has more street smarts he's like literally driving through the street and like they're paralleling each other and they're trying to shoot each other but yeah. like it, it, it like it was a good visual metaphor i thought like the, the, these two levels of a man chasing himself yeah no definitely uh yeah no it's it's uh it's a good bike chase it reminded me a lot of like Mission Impossible 2 and the most recent Mission Impossible Fallout. I want to say it's either Fallout or the one before that. Rogue Nation has a really good bike scene. I think it's Rogue Nation that has the really good bike scene as well. Um, but Mission Impossible 2, like the bike scene is more... Um, it's, they use the bikes as like offensive and defensive weapons and uh which they do here which they do here <laughs> at least the assassin cool. does he uh he starts like whipping this bike around and, and like yes hits hits brogan with like the back of the wheel and tries hitting him with the front it's it, it's pretty wild this 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 part of the scene um it's great um there was another part earlier before they get on the bikes that i forgot to mention they're in a house and they're they're having the shootout um and the act, the camera work there was so cool and so real. Um, and then there's one part, older Brogan's up on top of the staircase, younger Brogan's coming up the staircase from the bottom. Yes. And halfway up the stairs, there's a mirror, yeah, and they're the talking the to wall. each other, yep. mm-hmm. basically through the mirror. Yes. Um, and Brogan's, older Brogan's like, I don't want to kill you, I don't want to kill you, but I will. And if you take one more step forward, and younger Brogan t- takes one more step forward, so he throws a grenade, bounces off the mirror, yes. and is coming towards younger Brogan. Younger Brogan shoots, shoots it. it. Sends it back, <laughs> bounces off the mirror again, yes. and goes up and blows up next to older brother. So like good. he, he, not too close, but yeah, just yeah, it doesn't so kill good. him obviously, but it's it's yeah, it's great. Um, the grenade looks like a Nerf grenade or something. Like it's it's yes. it's obviously like a children's toy. <laughs> it, it looked it looks like a thermal detonator from Star Wars. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they're eventually they they get off their or older brogan's bike is destroyed and younger brogan is um he's essentially using his bike 
like a like a medieval knight would ride on a horse to try to trample an enemy. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, it's very cool and very he he's like whipping the thing around and like trying to burn him up with the wheels and everything. Yeah, and then like Brogan jumps like on and around uh, incoming traffic, so like he he tries to block um, the assassin uh, using you know these cars that have basically stopped in the middle of the street. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. And even and even the assassin like goes through like two bikes, right? Because like that's the second bike he he has the yeah. one bike from earlier, and then that one like gets, crashes, it, and he steals like a police bike. Yeah, he punches a police guy off, and then he does a parkour flip, and he lands on the yes. bike. <laughs> something crazy. It yeah. looks cool too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, he's he has the drop on Brogan, and he's about to kill Brogan, but then the local police show up, arrest older Brogan, and then when older Brogan turns around, younger Brogan's gone junior i guess i'll just call him junior yeah that's i mean that's his name that's what they call him throughout the film um yeah so junior's Uh, gone older brogan's in jail they they bust him out using you know um their their cia dia whatever ties to get him out yeah Yeah, magic uh Uh, danny grabs the hat that junior had dropped um so she can get like a, a dna sample from it um then they steal a giant plane and they f- a jet a jet essentially and they and they fly to Budapest. Yeah, they go to Budapest <laughs> here. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, just really quick, that the song while while um, Benedict Wong is flying yes. the plane, he's singing uh, Ray Charles. Yep. I got a woman. Yeah, amazing. Um, and and the way that Kanye sampled that song for Gold Digger is yet another reflection of that theme of like younger generation <laughs> yeah that's true paying, paying homage but also taking from the older generation right which is what this movie is about yeah. it's brilliant it's a brilliant choice it, it is brilliant I, I hope that was intentional Ang Lee if so please tell us please come on the pod uh, yes <laughs> uh, but yeah so they go to Budapest uh, because earlier when when Will Smith first met up with uh, that jack willis guy on the yacht with his mistress uh, jack willis was like oh i have a contact in budapest this guy named yuri who knows more about the hit you did on that russian scientist um it's involving uh clay Varus, you know um clive bowen's character somehow uh so they they track down uh yuri at a spa in budapest it's kind of funny actually like they're at this just like very disney looking spa uh, they're all just wearing like these these spa robes, uh, you know, all three characters, um, and they're just like, and then he just goes into this this spa and and talks with this this Russian guy about how uh, yeah, there's there's a clone and uh, they want to make super soldiers and uh, Clay Varus has gone even further and he wants to do like you know genetic modifications. So that these these uh, clones don't feel pain and don't have consciousness and stuff like that. Very like efficient, and and you were saying this, and I completely agree. Like this, this scene could have been completely excised. It could not really necessary. No, I think like you know, um, Clive Owen's character maybe could have said the same things later in the movie. Yeah, and he kind of yeah, does or... anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um... And right before the scene, we get a really interesting scene because we, we do cut to Clive Owen at home. Who He also lives in Virginia, uh, in Georgia, actually. Right, yep. And he 
wakes up and Junior's there, the the younger assassin, because he he he's a fail son. He lives at home. Uh, we later learn that he's a virgin. Um, he he just lives in his dad's house. He has like a a plane poster. He has like basketball posters on his yeah. wall. He has like, he has this absurd mural of an Asian woman. Yeah, it's it's that thing is wild. It's like it's the whole wall, kind, and it's just like it's, it's like a shepherd fairy mural. Yeah, or something. <laughs> it's so it's strange. Like, I don't get it. It's very weird. Um, but yeah, he but he has like model planes, like just like little fighter jets that he makes. He has like a little yeah, shoe he, closet that's like really well lit. <laughs> it's like a baseball bat in the corner. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like a it's like a little kid's. Yeah, room. Like, he has like a photo of him and his dad like fishing. Because yeah, he, he so, considers Clay Varys his father, because he was he was raised by him. Yeah, um, yeah, just very very surreal, like possessive paternal relationship, which I think again ties into that whole like boomer energy yeah. here. Yeah, he, he um, had like like big like helicopter parent of like a gifted kid energy. Extremely, yeah, just like you you feel your fear, but like you have to confront it, and that means you're strong. Like you you have these gifts, and it's your responsibility to embrace them. Just like oh Jesus, yeah. Yeah, um, but yeah, so we uh, we get that scene before we go to Budapest, and then in Budapest, uh, yeah, so Yuri explains all this stuff. Yuri also explains that they had Brogan whack the uh, scientist because he was gonna like I don't know, I guess tell everybody what Clay Varys was gonna do, or he wanted he wanted to stop because he thought Clay Varys was going too far with the genetic yeah, modification you, stuff. I think he was trying to defect to Russia. Yeah. Um, because obviously it's the other superpower. And, th- and this felt kind of dated too, this, like this idea of like defecting to Russia. But I guess that would make sense too. Yeah, still. I think it still makes sense. I don't think they would like yeah, yeah. Extra- extradite you or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so essentially the guy tells Brogan like, oh yeah, we're, I'm not going to kill you because we have a common enemy. So just like go fuck him up basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And then in Budapest, they find out that uh, Junior had cut up to them because uh, they call and they threaten. Um, God, I keep forgetting her name. Janet Lasseter. Yeah. Yeah, Lasseter. Yeah. Uh, they threat. They threaten her like, "Oh, tell us everything you know, because we we have gunmen like aiming at you, and we'll kill you." I don't know if, if they're bluffing or not. Um, but yeah, they they threaten her back in the states via cell phone, and then they learn that junior is there in budapest with them and so they set up a trap to to try to trap uh junior yeah they um he picks the location they go to this castle in budapest um and uh and danny goes first to meet up with him and uh this is a weird scene this is where we kind of get to learn a little bit more about junior and his personality uh, he's very formal. He calls her ma'am a few times and like, he can't really make eye contact with her. Um, and, uh, and he tells her to strip down and, you know, he's, he's, he's very awkward about that. Uh, cause he wants to see if she has a wire, if she's wearing a wire. Uh, and, uh, and she's not, uh, we get another, uh, reflection here as well. We see them reflected in a, in a little pool in the, in the courtyard of the castle. Um, and then uh, they call, uh, they they call on Danny's burner phone. They they call uh, Brogan, Brogan. T- for from a meetup. Yep. Um, they go down into catacombs, which is a cool 
location for a set piece. Yeah. Um, and then we see Junior set up a trap. He he has a grenade with a tripwire at the beginning. Um, and the whole time, uh, Danny's talking. She's like, "Oh, why are you putting the tripwire there? Aren't you gonna forget? Like, especially if you turn off the, turn off the lights." Oh, so you have a. She's like narrating everything, and it's like it was kind of annoying. I'm like, like why, like why? Yeah, we see that he's putting on night vision and has like has a gas mask. Like, why are you telling us this? Um, but it pays off because after she's tied up at the end of the catacomb, we hear an explosion, and then we go into first person view of Junior wearing the night vision, and he runs back, but then he's blinded because Brogan gets the drop on him. Because the whole time, Danny had been talking to him through an earpiece. Well, not like, an earpiece, sp- a, a toothpiece. Toothpiece, yeah, yes. It was, it was a little microphone in her tooth. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, it's um, there's some really interesting photography that happens here. So it's, it's like night vision, but it's also kind of heat vision as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so we get some interesting shots of that. And the colors are different than, like, I think they're probably closer to what actual heat vision's like as opposed to like movie heat vision, you know, like when you think Predator or something like that. Um, it's co- closer to just like purples and reds, um, not very vibrant colors either, you know, pretty muted looking. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the the fight sequence that happens between Junior and Brogan here, um, you know, is in, this, is in this dark catacomb for the most part. And the only lighting that we have, and this was crazy to me, uh, and really the only thing that um, that Danny does in this scene is she has um, some kind of automatic rifle with a with a flashlight on it, and she's kind of like the lighting grip for this scene. Yeah, it's well, you jump you're jumping ahead just just a bit because after after Brogan incapacitates Junior, he unti- he 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 questions him a little bit but he brings him back to danny he unties her oh right 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 mm. yeah and then the junior fights back and the, and the fight basically continues right up until where you would describe yeah it. yeah yeah so she she's given a gun and she she's you know she's she doesn't want to shoot him because at this point you know they they did brogan and junior had a conversation and you know uh brogan kind of picks apart some of what uh you know he he believes her junior's um you know weaknesses um and uh so he he keeps telling danny like don't shoot him but she obviously has her gun aimed at him the whole time um but yeah it's it's just a good hand-to-hand combat sequence um you know they don't they don't shoot each other in the sequence um she actually doesn't even have a clip in the gun for the majority of it either like she has to yeah she has to get scrounge around for the clip uh, Brogan fights with a knife. Junior fights with a bone yes. in the catacombs that he grabs. Yeah, that was pretty good. badass. That was good. Um, they tumble through a wall and they fall into like a cistern. Yeah. Um, water. The water. Again. And Junior's holding. Yeah. Junior holds Brogan under the water until Danny tags him in the shoulder and he swims away. Um, they limp back to the, the Benedict Wong Express and they fly back to Georgia, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Because. Uh, Danny gets that information out of Junior that he that he's from Georgia. While she's talking yeah. to him, she gets that information out of him. Um, and then um, they sleep on the plane. They land in Georgia, and 
right as they walk into a barn or something. Yeah, some kind of barn um, with hay just, bales. Just like, yeah, just to hide. Um, uh, junior tags, <laughs> junior from the shadows uh, tags uh, Brogan in the neck with bee venom because he knows that he's allergic. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's basically dying, but then he he does epic pen. Backing up really quick, we skipped the scene because uh, Junior confronts um, Clive Owen. Oh yeah, in his office. That's right. Yes, that's right before this. So yeah, while they're on the plane, Junior confronts Clive Owen um, about being a clone because he he didn't know. He he was like, oh, I just know I have to kill this guy Henry Brogan, but I don't know anything about him. He, and then he realizes, oh, I wasn't an orphan who was left at a fire station. Uh, I I am a clone that you made. Right. Uh, And his dad is essentially able to just like emotionally batter his way through. And um, he's just like, no, it doesn't matter. Shut up. I raised you. You're special. That's it. And they hug it out. Yeah. Like very, very, very forced um, reconciliation there. Yeah. Um, Um, There's uh, some interesting paintings uh, in the office as well. Yeah. I I recognize they were uh, Francis Bacon paintings. Uh, There's three of them. Oh, hell yeah. And it's uh, a triptych called Three Studies for Figures at the Base of a Crucifixion. Uh, It's these, like, little goblin-looking things that, you know, Francis Bacon would paint. Okay. Yeah. That works. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. Like, when I first saw it, I was like, wait, what the... Why are these... What? Uh, what's happening but uh they're great they're really cool i could see Cl- i could see clive owen be into that shit oh yeah probably like the real the, the real, real clive, clive owen, owen. yeah yeah he he also drives a tesla in that one scene at the gemini facility yeah, yeah. but yeah so then they they um he gets tagged with the bee venom and uh kind of watches him gasp for air he, he hits him with the happy pen he just wanted to figure out like you know if if it was true i guess Right. Um, that he was, that he was allergic. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, they, they team up, uh, in this, uh, deserted town, this deserted small town, Georgia. And really quick before that, while they're still in the, while they're still in the barn, um, junior removes a tracking chip from Brogan. Right. That had been put into him yes. years ago. Uh, that's how they had been tracing him. Um, so the four of them do go to that town that you mentioned. Um, and they're just on on their way to confront Clive Owen, um, but then Clive Owen calls Junior. Junior picks up. He's like, "Hey, what's going on?" He's like, "You need to get out of the car right now. Like, you're you're with him. I know you're with him, but just get out." He's like, "What? Why?" And they see at the end of the street just a guy with a rocket yeah. launcher <laughs> shoots a rocket. Um, just Danny Danny Brogan and Junior make it out, but of course. Poor Benedict Wong. I I knew he was gonna die. Yeah, I just I, there was just no way he was gonna live. I mean, you know, he there's no way he was gonna be in a shootout scene, right? Like, yeah, yes. Just, no, they weren't gonna do that. Yeah, he gets totally obliterated. We don't even see his body or anything. Like, he's just no. he's done. That's it. He's out of commission for the rest <laughs> of this movie. See you later. No funeral or anything. Like they kind of mention him once more, but that's it. He's dead. Um, yep. and then yeah, we have uh. A mini boss fight here. There's a guy who has like a chain gun on the top of like oh, a yeah, bear so cat good. or something like that. Uh, and keep it keeping with our fucking comic book, like B list comic book character analogies. He reminded me of um, Sportsmaster from yes, Injustice. He does with have this, the Sportsmaster mask. mask. Yeah, kind of like a yeah. sort of like a hockey mask, but just like 
black and tactical. Uh, yeah, yeah, very more tactical. No like holes or anything except the eye holes. Yeah. Um, and they uh, they eventually go into a hardware store once they. Uh, yeah, they they escape to the hardware store. They they hunkered down, but they. Um, Danny gets shot in the leg right before. Well, that. before. No, before this, they they fight back for a while because I guess first of all, Junior runs away and he finds Clive Owen oh, yeah, on yeah. the rooftop, mm. kind of di- direct interaction. Right, right. Um, but Brogan and Danny, they they have sidearms, they have like guns, and they each shoot one operator because there's like a whole squad of them. There's like fifty guys, um, and then they grab their assault rifles, and we get some really some more of that like great action, just like behind the shoulder, yep. just like. Mm-hmm quick it, it reminded me of like time crisis a little yes. bit like the shooter yeah. games <laughs> like house of the dead or something mm-hmm. um just very quick and um of course brogan's a crack shot so he, he's like makes the most out of every shot just like bang 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 and like three guys to drop um danny does get hit in the leg and then brogan drags her to uh back to the hardware store and as he's dragging her she's still shooting yes guys, which is awesome that was yeah, so yeah. cool yeah, and they're like they're he tells her like count bullets because they only have a certain amount. Um and then they yeah, they're in the hardware store, uh, which uh they get a lot of uh, great product placement in the hardware store. <laughs> um They do. There's like uh, gorilla glue, you can see some oxyclean, some Kleenex. There's mm. one of those uh green egg grills. Do you know those things? Yes. Yeah, there's one of those. Yes, yes. Very prominent, very prominent in one zine. Uh <laughs> It seemed like there was a, a Sherwin Williams um, color swatch wall. Yes, yeah, in the paint section. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was that was my high school job, folks. <laughs> Sherwin Williams. Um, uh, but yeah, so he he does another dead shot uh, shot yes. here where he takes out two guys with one bullet. Like they're just like right behind he has each one other. Bullet left. Yeah, one bullet left, yep. and he just shoots them both through the neck because they have so much protective gear on he says like shoot him in the eye holes or the neck and he shoots these two guys who are just kind of lined up just right through their necks yep perfectly um and so then they grab axes from the hardware section and they're like we're, we're gonna go down fighting um but then junior jump junior enters the frame and he shoots the operators that were trying to get them because he had fought with and tussled with um clive owen and knocked him out yeah didn't kill um, him but he knocked him out so he saves them and then they kind of all regroup and they're, they're ready to escape and get out of there. Um, and then a cyborg ninja yes. bursts into the frame. <laughs> <laughs> this is when it becomes fully Metal Gear because we've already had like, we've already touched on themes of like clone soldiers, go- shadowy government agencies trying to clone the perfect soldier, which is very Metal Gear. And then we have a, a mute cyber ninja, which is straight from, ripped off from Metal Gear 1 essentially. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid one. Um, he has like the, this bulletproof helmet, and he has like Kevlar all over his body, so they can't shoot him. They they shoot him in the head quite a oh, few yeah. times. Mm-hmm. They shoot him in the but chest he, twice at least. Um, they uh, Danny throws a fuel, uh, like a camping stove fuel, yep. at him and shoots it, and it explodes. And then he's a flaming cyborg ninja. Yeah, yeah. He, he's like Terminator Ghost Rider in that shot. Um, yeah. Yes. No, it's incredible. And the gun he has, so I had to look it up. It is a, it's a real gun. Uh, it's a standard, oh, standard manufacturing DP 12 shotgun. 
Um, it's it's like a oh, yeah. very tactical looking double barrel shotgun. Um, it's uh, I don't know who would actually use it. I, I don't I, but, uh, psychopaths. A, cy- a cyborg, a, a flaming cyborg ninja. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, but it it looks like it shoots like sparks out. Like it doesn't even look like it shoots like actual like buckshot. Yeah, it, it's like I don't know what they. I don't know what they use uh, to make it do that. <laughs> it's like it's you choose fireworks. It, it's, it's wild, um, but it looks cool, which is the important oh, yeah. part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so yeah, th- th- this this ninja like kicks all three of their asses. He's just like dominating all three of them. Um, eventually, they wear him down, and when they when they finally knock him down. Um, they pull his mask off, and um, of course, it's yet another Will Smith. <laughs> yeah, it's a third Will Smith. <laughs> uh, it's, and, and I figured that out like halfway through the fight, but I like I didn't. I'm like, oh, w- should this be Jaden? Oh, like, that'd that would have been dope. Yeah, yeah, that'd have been incredible. <laughs> if that was the Jaden Smith reveal, that would have been great. Yeah. No, I I mean you know again it it was pretty obvious, but I don't know. I, just thematically i think it works it works i liked oh, it a totally. lot yeah it, it's that it's that idea of like spoilers are bullshit and yes. like you can tell something's coming but it still works when you see it yeah i mean you know sure it's telegraphed but i mean if things aren't telegraphed then everything is a surprise you know it goes back to what Hitchcock said about surprise and suspense, right? You know, it's suspense is you put a bomb under, you know, the chair of two ladies and they talk and they talk and you talk and then you wonder when the bomb goes off and surprise is you see two ladies and then a bomb goes off randomly and kills them, right? So like, which one has a better impact? And I I think this is, this is suspenseful. There is a buildup because all the talk about, um, the soldiers and and specifically a soldier um, that does not feel pain. So I guess like that whole Yuri conversation, like it, it mattered, right? Like it sets up that they were trying to do this genetic modification stuff. And like here, here is the product, right? So you can figure out, okay, this is one of their super soldiers. They're super duper soldiers. That information mattered and I'm, I'm glad it was there, but like it, it could have been folded into other scenes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Been- mm-hmm. Could have, it could have just been more done more efficiently. Um, so yeah, then Clive Owen comes down and he's like, "Oh, this is bullshit." Like, he he tries to do the same rationalization to juniors. Like, it they th- this is just a weapon because it feels no pain. But like, you're my son and I love you and all that. Just right. Like, and then he goes into um, like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna make a bunch of super soldiers, and then you know, no no American will ever have to die in a war again. It'll just be these these fucking clones. They don't have families, so you know, no no mother or father will ever have to you know bury their son or daughter." Um, right. And then Will Smith is like, "Well, no, they're actually still people. Like you're still like going through the process of like birthing people and you know using actual you know DNA, and that's supremely fucked up." um right yeah and and junior seems it feels very betrayed by all this because he thought you know okay yeah it sucks that i'm a clone but at least like i'm the only one and you did care about me and you know this reveals that obviously clive owen did not care um just this was all part of you know a larger experiment and a larger project um 
I think I think he did I think he did care about Junior, but it was like very conditional and um, yeah, and manipulative care. It it there was definitely something there because the scenes throughout the movie between the two of them, like they they had some kind of fucked up relationship. It was just very toxic. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, and then um, Brogan convinces Junior not to shoot him. Um, Junior lowers the gun. And then and then Brogan shoots. Him. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. And Again, with the shotgun, yeah. this this gigantic, you know, tactical double barrel shotgun, at at point blank range, uh, just blows his head off. We don't, of course, don't see that. Uh, you know, we just uh, see him drop after after the shot. Um, but yeah, so what I thought was going to happen was he's going to kind of do the moralism of like, oh, you don't want to like kill him, you'll just be as bad as him, blah blah blah. But really, it was just like because throughout the film. Brogan talks about ghosts that he sees ghosts because of how many people he killed and that really that that does something to a person killing that many people does something to a person um so they set this up um and that's really that's why he doesn't want Junior to kill him he's like well I don't I don't want you to have any more blood on your hands um but this guy obviously needs to die you know cuz Junior says something like oh well if I don't kill him then like you know, he won't be brought to trial and they'll just sweep this under the rug. Um, so I, I was I was pretty glad to see that because usually a film like this will yep. just be like, well, no, we, you know, we, we can't kill him because yep. it's immoral. It's like, well, no, no, he, nope. this man definitely has to die. He's an awful piece of shit. He has to die. <laughs> yeah, and Brogan shows that he loves Junior and that he's willing to sacrifice for him by doing that because yeah. he takes this he takes that onto himself. Um, right. Which is good. I mean, it makes sense. It, it's, it's entirely in character for him to do that. Yeah. And what's interesting, too, um, as we seen in the, as we hear in the next scene, uh, this kind of closure that Brogan gets, um, although he killed another person, you know, and he didn't want to kill anymore, he, he feels that he can actually uh, look in a mirror again. Uh, he doesn't see the ghosts as often and he can like sleep um so you know clay had to die like in the long run clay had to die um and then we get the final scene of the movie yes yeah um, where the de-aging looks like absolute dog shit yeah just they they meet on a college campus brogan danny and and junior they all meet together and he's like hey what do you want to major in in college? Well, whatever it is, I hope I don't grow up to be old man like you. Hey, what are you talking about? I'm not old. It's, yeah. it, this whole the scene is awful. awful. So bad. And the the aging Baby Will Smith looks like a monster. He does. <laughs> he, looks, yeah. he, lo- he looks like Michael Jackson transforming into a werewolf yeah. in, in the thriller. It's, it's bad. Um, it's the lighting. You know, really no other scene yeah. is this well lit. Uh, this is sunlight. It's, you know, it's this sun-drenched scene. Um, it's awful. It, it's it just awful. does not work. CGI just generally doesn't work when it's well lit like that. Um, yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's real bad. He's like, the worst part is also that they put him so close to, like, other people as well. Yep. So, like, the junior really character apparent. is, yep. like, in a group of people. <laughs> You're just like, what is this Frankenstein monster doing with these regular people? This was the most 90s in a bad way sequence oh, of the yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. It's, like, all wrapped up. And, and oh, look, he, he has, like, an ethnically diverse group of yeah. friends. Yeah. Like, just tagging, pal- just, just 
walking around campus, man, just gonna yeah. just gonna go on the quad and, and look out for the dean, and we're all <laughs> friends in the end, and we learned a lesson. It was so bad. It, 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 should, was like, it should not have ended this way. Uh, I mean, like yeah. it could have ended with him getting his passport and his birth certificate, all this stuff, his social security number, yeah. you know, like this. But it didn't have to end in like now we're gonna give this 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 Frankenstein monster clone a normal life. Like I, it's just you know where it should have ended. It should have ended at Brogan's mother's grave. Right. Like they're they all meet right. there and and Junior can can kind of see her off and and lay lay the demons to rest and go on to his yeah new because life. the 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 clone Junior takes uh is brogan's mother's maiden name uh jackson as his first name so his name is jackson brogan uh yeah it should end something like that um although like all that stuff about like his mother and his family was was bullshit and nonsensical um yeah or water yeah somewhere in the right? water like even just at like his a... house right like his house that was by the by the marsh you know like yeah just... like they, they could be they could be standing on on the water or something or whatever yeah know. Fishing, no, yeah, Something. fishing would have been good. That would have been good. Yeah, or just on their boat. Yeah, just fishing on their boat. Like simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's it. It kind of, kind of just fades away to credits. Yeah, <laughs> just kind of, just kind of meanders off into the credits. Yeah, it's it's a strange ending. Um, yeah. Again, that's what happens when you uh, you're in development hell for twenty years and you have Jeez, you know Jesus. probably uh, five people per year picking apart this uh, screenplay and they're all fucking morons. They all went to NYU. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Boston baby. <laughs> that's uh, a real film place. That's where you go in film yeah. school. Um, so workers of note, we we have one whatever. Ang- Let's give it to Angley. He 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 needs more yeah, credit. Sure. He needs more. So we have two. He needs we have Angley. Uh, you know, kudos. Uh, re- return favorite here, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did uh, mm-hmm. Hulk last year, maybe even the year before. God, I don't even remember. It's it's been a while since we we reviewed the Hulk. But uh, yeah, Angley's great. And then we have uh, Victor Hugo. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not that one yeah he was he was in he was no no he he was in the he was in the mausoleum in the, in the, in the catacombs <laughs> he's one of the skulls he's the uh he's yes. the femur that he took uh to use as a uh yeah he's appearing as weapon yeah. as club <laughs> uh no so his uh up-and-coming actor named victor hugo who was the on-set reference actor for junior actually so he did a lot of scenes with will smith um, and he was a uh, stand-in uh, for uh, any scene with Will Smith. And you know what? Looking at this guy on Google Images now, he, they should have just they should just went with him. Honestly, yeah, without the de aging, I agree. That's wild. Yeah. Just do it. Just he looks like a he's a, he's this young, good-looking dude. Yeah. He's just he is a young yeah. Will Smith. Just no, do I, it. I didn't get it. I saw that too, and I was like, so why didn't she just? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I you know this is the interesting thing about Hollywood. Uh, not interesting, but the terrible thing is that like they're just so up their own ass with technology. You know, as much as I love yeah. Ang Lee, and as, as much as I think like, you know, the he can make whatever decisions he wants. Um, it just the, the de aging thing. It's it's perhaps not necessary. Just be it's 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 the Jurassic Park thing, right? Like you know, you, yep. you didn't ask uh, if you if you should. Yeah, we we know we we know we mm, can. Nice. I can't. Even, oh my god, my brain just fucking fried. Um, it is. It, it's it, Ian Malcolm says you you were so preoccupied with whether or not you could that you didn't ask whether or not you should. Yeah, that thing. That that it's that. 
it's that basically so folks it's late for me uh it's uh, it's my it's my fault i i i I, I went on a treasure hunt and found some swords, which slowed down today. <laughs> I posted about it. Uh, literal thing that happened, and uh, you can go to Twitter and uh, you know just go to <laughs> twitter.com his uh, his his account and search for swords. Uh, June seventeenth, find there swords. You go. Um, Perfect. Uh, <laughs> broke, woke, bespoke. What do we have? So uh, you you do broken, bespoke. I'll do woke. I'll take right. that away yeah, from so you. Yeah. So broke. Uh-huh. <laughs> Our broke recommendation is for. Uh, Brian De Palma fans, obviously, and John Woo fans, which we didn't really touch on. Um, this this movie is essentially what if Brian De Palma and John Woo had a baby? Um, <laughs> it would be this uh, tonally, kind of like the idea of like espionage, paranoia, um, double identities that like the same person facing each other. That's very Brian De Palma, and also John Woo. The the yeah, face off, kind of like yeah, <laughs> uh, but the action's very John Woo, um, and I mean that in the most loving way possible. Uh, yeah, th- this movie is essentially, as you said, Mission Impossible's one and two combined. Yeah, um, yeah. So plus yeah, some sci-fi. That's, stuff. that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really it. Our woke recommendation is uh, anybody who wants to see a Deadshot meets Huntress fanfic. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they've met in the comics and they faced off, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously Will Smith uh, has played Deadshot, and Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead has played Huntress. Uh, mm-hmm. in in uh, DC films, but like their characters kind of mirror the, the the characters in this film. Uh, it works on a few different levels. And um, my bespoke uh, recommendation is for boomer dads and their estranged sons. Like, this movie is about <laughs> you. This the the emotional core of this movie is a boomer dad who got divorced from his what his his son's mother at a young age and is trying desperately to reconnect despite the influence of that bastard of a stepfather who always gets in the way. Hell yeah. Like, like that's the emotional yeah. core of this movie. No, it's true. Um, it is. Yeah. And, I mean, emo- like, metaphorically, you get to murder the stepdad with a shotgun at the end. Yeah. Very satisfying. <laughs> that happens on screen. Very satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> bastard Clive Owen who who married your your ex wife who is looking ancient, um, I will say as well. Clive Owen, yeah, he, not aging well, folks. He really reminded me of um, this other actor, Hamish Linklater from the Legion TV show. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. He he plays like a high up government official, same kind of same kind of role. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm familiar with Hamish Linklater. I know who that is. Uh, so yeah, that's everything we got. Um, this movie's great. Angley, Angley forever. <laughs> um, and apparently Will Smith forever too, because they'll keep making movies with him after he's dead. Yep. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> really. I think that is why the de aging exists. Actually, like it's a psyop to just get every actor's face. There is a Gemini organization in real life, and um, it, it is not to clone actors. It is just just to digitally reproduce them after they yeah. die. Yeah, I mean, you know, some actors will actually just sign that shit in their contract for certain movies, I'm sure. Um, but then there's the ones who might be a little more reluctant to give away their likeness forever, and that's where gently with his with right his moves gently in the with Matrix. his moves in the Matrix. But that's where the de aging comes in, because psych motherfuckers, you did it, you just gave it away forever, assholes. Oh, what a what a depressing way to end this episode. But I guess it, I guess it, whatever. It's, it's, it's fitting true. It's true enough, to life. I think. 
Um, but yeah, All folks, right. it, is, it, is, it is late. We're going to sign yeah, off. We, we got to go. Um, we will see you next week. And, uh, yeah, look, look for a, a very special episode with a very special guest. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure if it'll be next week or if it'll be the week after that, but, um, it will be soon. All right. Uh, we'll see you next time, folks. Bye. Oh. The doctor placed you in my arms. I knew I'd meet death before I let you meet harm. Although questions arose in my mind, would I be man enough against wrong? Choose right and be standing up. From the hospital that first night, took an hour just to get the car seat in right. People driving off fast got me kind of upset. Got you home safe, placed you in your bassinet. That night, I don't think one wink I slept. As I slipped out my bed to your crib, I crept, touched your head gently. Felt my heart melt, cause I knew I loved you more than life itself. Into my knees, and I begged the Lord, please let me be a good daddy. All he needs love, knowledge, discipline too. I pledge my life to you. Talk.